You're listening to 17 Karat K-Pop. For more about this show, as well as my other podcast, How to Stand, visit 17karatkpop.weebly.com. There you'll find episode guides, as well as additional reading, more exclusive content, tons of great stuff. And never miss an update, an album review, interview, etc. by subscribing to the free newsletter, howtostand.substack.com. You could also become a paying subscriber on Substack, and that means you're supporting an independent creator and become part of a community, howtostand.substack.com. Enjoy the show! Hello everybody, and welcome back to 17 Karat K-Pop and my monthly recap of the best new music you have to check out from the worlds of K-Pop, C-Pop, and J-Pop. Let me start by saying the standard disclaimer I have. Remember, I listen to literally hundreds of new releases every month. Albums, music videos, you name it. I'm always consuming new music and videos in the worlds of C-pop, C-rock, J-pop, J-rock, K-pop, K-rock, etc. Other subgenres too, but the point being that sifting through all that, let alone ranking my top 20, always a monumental task I'm very passionate about and take very seriously. So please note that I'm not coming for your faves or whatever. If they didn't make the cut, only 20 slots out of hundreds. What stood out to me the most? What was most memorable amid that sea of material? So not a personal slight against any faves. I really try hard to make my objective music critic brain come out during these rankings and reviews. I save my subjective stuff for artist-specific episodes. Alrighty, with that out of the way, let's start the countdown. And be sure to stay till the end, because maybe your fave got a shout-out in the honorable mention section. But here is number 20. Esna, Lovely Day. Come to the video for the cute teddy bear, balloons, etc. All the Valentine's Day trademarks. And then stay for the puppy in a tuxedo. Really Sweet Dog becomes the star of the show, spoiler alert, after she's done complaining about not liking the performative, silly parts of Valentine's Day, the candies, flowers, etc. Then she suddenly admits she kind of likes it, and she's having a lovely day with that frivolous stuff because at least it's with the one she loves, and this date at her special Valentine's Day party turns out to be this cute dog. So it's basically just a love song to human's best friend. Number 19. The girl group name with the song, Say My Name. Definitely one of those groups that makes me want to reiterate how much I think people would truly love C-pop acts if they had the same exposure. It's nowhere near the same exposure, promotional infrastructure, etc. that K-pop groups get. But if it was, I definitely think certain C-pop and J-pop acts could be as popular. Very similar sound, just in some ways. In some ways not. But C-pop groups like this definitely have a localized aspect, a very signature C-pop sound that is distinct from the more heavily Western-influenced K-pop. So it's hard to picture any day where C-pop gets on Western radio, but I don't know. The point is I think it's worth a shot, and I think you should open your mind to checking out pop that does not sound quote-unquote mainstream, quote-unquote ready for radio. Anyway, I think fans of K-pop will like this C-pop group. Very busy, layered instrumental, lots of percussion, guitars whistling, these quickening pre-choruses with anthemic drums, cinematic video, with really top-notch choreography that really unexpectedly waits till the very last part of the video to really show itself. Then suddenly the choreography is really kicked into high gear, next level, 
And then the video ends and you're like, wait, what just happened? I didn't appreciate that video fully. And whether that was the intent of the video's pacing or not, job well done, marketing-wise, for them to leave you waiting for more from that. Structuring the video in that way. Making it very rewatchable. Number 18. Kim Woosok with the album Third Desire Reve. Shameless plug slash disclosure. I attended the press-only showcase, published a write-up about it on my site. So, of course, I'm more inclined to appreciate this release. But really, it is very intriguing. And a great way for him to top off this trilogy about three main desires. Greed, Tasty, and now Reve. Like, what he's been hungering for is Reve, a dream. It means dream in French. The video really helps develop that premise, too. Really cute animations. And he said at the showcase his main goal with it He's telling a story of lucid dreaming and feeling like you're kind of at that interesting in-between point, dreaming while awake, consciousness-wise, on the border between fully awake or fully asleep. So he's imagining this adorable animated alter ego. Really cute. The new title track is a really solid one to start promoting with this release. Really more full than his previous title tracks. More of a a detailed pre-chorus, post-chorus, all that good stuff. It's a very full song and tells a story that's not drawn out, but more elaborate than previous title tracks of his. Not as predictable, not as monotonous, that sort of thing. The album has a nice variety too. It starts with Ghosting, which is this bass-driven song with kind of a Latin vibe that definitely deserves to be on your road trip playlist. There's the really cute synth-pop What More Can I Do. Shame is more of a slow-tempo R&B song. Then there's the piano and string-filled When Spring Comes. So some sentimental stuff, but also just bouncy, upbeat pop. And fittingly, for the end of this Greed trilogy, the final song for the trilogy in this album is called Satisfied. Last notable thing about this release is how much he himself worked on it. Kim Woosuk has always been involved writing and composing his solo stuff, but this is really next level for him. He really took even more of a hands-on approach than ever. Number 17. The 8 from 17, Haichen, which means dream step. This is a very beautiful, emotional, sentimental ballad, and I love so much how he references these symbols that I actually wrote about Shameless Plug on my site repeatedly and talked about on episodes of 17 Talk. These symbols 17 continuously use for water, ocean wave metaphors, flower and blooming related metaphors, metaphors related to mirrors, reflections, and he continues to add to my theories about 17's overall meaning of their work that I wrote about on the site. Chock full of those metaphors that make me feel vindicated as a writer with this song. He compares a relationship to waves, drifting, no end in sight, like you're in the middle of the ocean. I love this way of putting it. Quote, listening to the waves crashing onto the rocks side by side is like whispers in my ear, at times too careless, at times too careful, afraid I might wake up from this dream. I also love this, quote, To block the waves for her, how tall a tower must I become? The sea holds up the sinking sunset. The city draped in night colors glows in the inky darkness. He just really has a way with words. Number 16. Perfume with flow. 
really cute video showing the girls in these pretty dresses and they just sing more j-pop perfection they're considered truly one of the biggest vectors for global popularity of j-pop truly ever their impact is really important for the j-pop world and they continue to prove that they deserve that title really artsy videos very catchy pop perfection of a song and i love the overall effect of them sitting in the clouds it's like dots of pastel paint the sky and they kind of disappear, but not in a weird puff of smoke way. We'll go of Edward Cullen sparkling in the sun kind of way. Number 15. Moonbin and Saha, Refuge. Before I even talk specifically about this release at all, I have to bring up what they were talking about at a press conference for this. They compared themselves to Tom and Jerry, and I hadn't heard this before, but apparently this is a thing. Moonbin said that him and Sanha are a lot like Tom and Jerry in their dynamic, and he said, quote, Tom could have caught Jerry if he'd wanted to, but he didn't. I didn't realize this when I was younger, but I can see it now. Comparing himself to Tom the cat, saying I could have caught Sanha the mouse, I guess, but I realized I like working with him. Weird, weird analogy, but it just got me thinking, oh my gosh, is that really what happens on the show Tom and Jerry? Like, it's not just this incompetent cat. The mouse wouldn't win at the end of every episode if Tom didn't want him to win, to keep the game going, because he secretly likes the mouse's company. I had never read the show that way, but is that true? Is that the real dynamic behind Tom and Jerry? Really interesting. I digress. So this release is an interesting, dark turn for them, and they show they can hold their own with a vast, dark concept. Like, they can fill the stage even if it's just two of them. It's very sinister and movie villain-esque, the title track Who, and the music video. It takes place in this dark chapel. The post-chorus is just one word, run. But then actually they tack on in the second round of the post-chorus, run, who's the greatest? And then the third time they sing the post-chorus, they say, run, who's the greatest? I'm a run. Like, I'm going to run, because it's me. The lyrics on their own sound kind of concerning, very intense, you won't escape the allure of me kind of a thing, but it makes sense with the sources of inspiration they sought for these characters they play in the video. They've cited exorcism-related webtoons in movies as a big source of inspo. It's funny how they decided before releasing the song Who about I've got you in my clutches, don't get away, they released Ghost Town, which is all about I'm letting you go, get away. Number 14. Cherry Bullet with Cherry Wish. It had been way too long since their last comeback, Love So Sweet. Over a year, so excited that they came back, was starting to really worry about them. Second of all, really interesting variety in this album. Very funky synth breakdown and chanting and stuff in My Boo. Kaka Kaka sounds like a kids TV show theme song, in a good way, very cute. Which makes sense because Cherry Bullet actually sounds like the villain on a kids show, like Strawberry Shortcake's new arch nemesis. And Hiccups has kind of a retro feel. It reminds me a bit of Girls' Generation's Lionheart. And then there's the new title track, the adorable Love in Space, where they have this party, very, very sparkly, fun, cute, giant sparkly butterflies, Rows of silver beads that hang from the ceiling. They follow a cat with little color-changing eyes for inexplicable reasons. 
The magic cat leads them to this pink elevator, which they ride to a garden in the clouds of sorts, where a big tree grows up, a bunch of pink flowers sprout from it. It is just visually very, very pretty and very cute. So they add a lot of sweet, like, cherry components, but then the bullet aspect, you could say they also kind of dabble in. They have this unique rapid-fire rap delivery, unique to them, I mean. Rapid-fire speaking, sinning, version of sinning the verses, that's new to them. And then they have the red leather outfit, so just very a tiptoe outside of the super 100% cutesiness. They had a little bit of more of a bolder, daring type of feel to their comeback. Number 13. Oh My Girl with Real Love. This is so, so cute. Classic Oh My Girl. I love that they return to the CGI-heavy world of the nonstop video and others. They each just get time, like they did in Dun Dun Dance, in their separate locations to just pose, smile, show off their cute outfits, and do their own thing. They sing sweetly about the feeling that hits you the second you fall in love. It's a very fun synthy song that compares that feeling to a fresh smell, hearing a buzzing noise, like spring is coming alive in you. It also shows a bit of organic maturity because they have some more mature vocal delivery on some songs. Kiss and Fix particularly is a mature one for them. The piano ballad Sailing Heart is cute. So there's a new degree of maturity and control, but it's still so cutesy and classically Oh My Girl. Number 12. Kwan Unbi, Esper. I continuously underestimate how good the songs are for Universe, the app. Way to market your app to make it really stand out. Release official Universe-branded music videos for original songs from the artists who are part of the app. I mean, Monster X's Kiss or Death. Kane Daniel and Loco's Outer Space. I mean, this series has been really good. Anyway, Esper is another knockout, and it really has what the others have in the past, which is, it's almost like a movie trailer. It intrigues you, it makes you feel like you want a more extended version of whatever their mini-movie is about. I love that the Universe app videos have also really kind of ran the gamut genre-wise. Action, adventure, mysteries, thrillers. This one is definitely a crime story, a mystery, a detective story, with some fairy tale lore. Grim style, not necessarily the brother's grim, but you know what I mean. It seems like she plays both the villain and the heroine. She's the detective on the case, but she also has a dark side and is tasked with basically putting out a hit on someone and bringing back a body part as evidence. Yeah, pretty gory, but the video's not gory, just the task before her. And as she's in the woods, the person who she interacts with, who ends up rescuing her, is her. Only a red-hooded version of her. Red Riding Hood, but make it better and braver version of her, guides the other one to safety. And so she's not seen in the video ever completing the hit, but instead found a friend. And it's kind of living out a alternate ending. There's a split second part of the video where this pencil drawing is seen on the wall that shows a tree, a deer, a hooded figure like this one, and says, quote, Look out for the mystery woman in veil. The rumor of her living in the Black Woods has long been passed out. But the twist is that, well, she didn't really look out for that, but when she did encounter her, she realized there was nothing to be afraid of, and that maybe they overhyped her villainous nature. Just my interpretation of it, but a really thought-provoking video with an ambiguous ending and a very aesthetically impressive look. 
the dark and dreary scenes, but with bursts of red, the red envelope, the red hood, the red lipstick, really well done. Continuing this theme of, in my interpretation, facing her darker side, in realizing it was nothing to be afraid of, lyrics include, quote, I don't know who my real self is. Whatever it comes, it's the most special. Surprised by my hidden self? Now I'll do it my way. I can be anything. Number 11. Chen Shao with Lonely Beauty. This is such an interesting new release, especially because actually, and coincidentally, I've actually been listening to a throwback of hers, Focus X, a whole lot lately. Really, really catchy stuff, really unique, but still very pop. This new song is another winner. Her delivery is interesting, her kind of whispered vocals. She's soft-spoken, but also has a very bold presence at the same time, which is interesting. And there's a lot of symbolism you could read into in this video and the whole premise of being a lonely beauty. She sings about feeling quite lonely despite the praise she's getting every day. Something internally that seeks validation is not being satisfied fully. She's surrounded by security cameras. This little girl, which one could interpret as a younger version of herself, is covered with a plastic sheet. She's surrounded by torches at one point. She's really messed with, put in a glass box, treated like an object. Then it seems like at the end, that harrowing experience was just in her head because she wakes up, the version of herself today, not the younger one, in some sort of garden where she seems to have fallen asleep. But at the very, very end, the camera zooms out to reveal that garden scene where she's waking up is just a scene playing on a TV screen, maybe like a CCTV thing, that the little girl is watching. So before, when it seemed like the story was showing her today wishing she could go back and protect that little girl, the tables turn at the end and she needs protection. She needs someone to watch her, literally, watch over her. Really interesting premise and just a catchy song and a cool fashion sense. Number 10. Miyavi, Strike It Out. This is a pair of singles in the same vein as his recent album, Imaginary, Good Call, continues that rock icon status of his, proves what he deserves it. More rousing, empowering songs that shine in their own ways. I almost feel like it could have been just Imaginary Deluxe Edition with these two. Strike It Out is a nice, really rousing anthem where you see people from all over the world getting the same glow buzz. It's just really touching, this message. I can picture a live crowd chanting. Just very fun and feel good and empowering. And then the B-side dumb will have you going dumb. Just such a banger. Just lose your mind to it. The EDM beat goes hard. This funky ha 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 noise in the background is the sinister tone for it. This goes out to the people gone mad. Feels good so you know that it's bad. Really just a very rock star energy to it with an EDM sound. Great mix. Number nine. TVXQ with their new Japanese release, Epita. This title track I truly have been obsessed with. Listening to it on repeat, really, really anthemic, really, really just, it just does what it has to do. <laughs> it's got everything. Marching band, operatic rock vibes, and everything in between. Guitars, drums. It's so full, it's so fun. It's meant to be performed alive someday. And it's really cool how TVXQ can pull it off. Such a big production of a number with just two of them. But they proved to be up to the task, and that goes for the video too, which shows this really cinematic back and forth between heaven and hell. Max Chainman goes to hell, nicely distinguished by a neon sign over the door, and he's in this rowdy place, and he's really playing the part. 
And then there's Yuno playing the part of this pristine, clean-cut guy with more precise, neat choreography going on next door in heaven. But in the scenes where they reunite, literal sparks fly, but they just have an incredible stage presence. And this title track is really perfect for them to amplify that strength of theirs. And while you're at it, make sure you show some love to Dilemma, a new Japanese single from Yuno. Just a stomple on banger. Number 8. Super Dragon, with their new album, Force to Forth. This Japanese eh, kind of pop rock group is really interesting, and they continue to just impress me with their variety. Lots of rock-focused sounds, like on Shut Up, Shut Out, but then more upbeat, brassy, celebratory songs, like, ironically, Bad Day. Super danceable stuff, like Keep It Real. They got a ballad on there, too, Tweedia. They have more EDM-leaning stuff, more guitar-focused, mid-tempo stuff. My favorite is probably To You, with rapping that is just rapid-fire next level. Number 7. Nogizaka 46. Actually, special edition. This J-pop girl group honestly hasn't really been one of my favorites. This album changed that. I'm really, really impressed, especially because their new title track actually such a standout. It's really such a perfect album kickoff because it starts with this really suspenseful, especially with noise-canceling headphones, best surround sound listening experience. Very cinematic almost. You could picture something in your head as you listen to it. A big dramatic showdown unfolding or a moment of truth or something. Then in the second half of the song, there's this transition to a happier, more cheerful, more classically them sound. In that back and forth of more experimental for them, more unique musical detours, and constant times they revert back to their classic sound, it just makes for a really fresh mix for them. Really impressed. Love the song, actually. Keep your eyes on them. Number six. Solar with Face. I love the overall premise of this release. How her whole message is just all sorts of faces, all sorts of personas, identities are beautiful. The beauty comes in all shapes and sizes, and in her title track video for Honey, she puts on a bunch of different personas. Each color she wears in a different scene, pink, red, yellow, white, green, they're each a different persona, and she's showing how each persona is different, but equally beautiful in its own way, equally deserving love and good things. It's also very tongue-in-cheek about don't let me slip through your fingers like honey, let your affection for me kind of just drip, drip, drip out. It's coming out no matter what. Just say it, just fuss up that you're attracted to me. She also calls her love a fishing ground for her, which could have just been a fish-in-the-sea metaphor reference, but I like to think it was a subtle nod to the like a fish comment in Dinga by Mamamoo. Just saying. But my favorite lyric is when she says, Wearing a crop t-shirt, it was red. I didn't know the meaning back then. I understand now that I'm all grown. Famous saying, my friend Piglet. So you know she's talking about with the cropped red shirt, Winnie the Pooh. The best lyric on Big Booty is, It's okay to overflow. And I just thought that was a perfect way to put it. When you're talking about people where there's just more to love. The song Raw, pretty self-explanatory, how she just wants to be raw, be authentic, made me feel a bit like Selena Gomez's rare era having a bit of a, a return. Love that message. My favorite lyrics on Chap Chap, even your dad jokes, almost like Jimmy Fallon showed me. 
I think it's a compliment, actually. Even your dad jokes are, like, Jimmy Fallon level. Discuss. The last track has a bunch of personality, too, about wanting to figure out what is trivial and not worth fighting over, calling it zingle zingle. Basically her way of saying BS or rubbish, frivolous stuff. Let's make zingle zingle the new Kim, there's people that are dying. Some fun facts about this release. Solo revealed that some of the songs on this album were actually written years ago. They just didn't have a home until now. Another thing, the whole theme came from Yawn. It all stems from Yawn, the middle syllable in her real name. The Chinese characters of that name translate to fresh face. Lastly, she was more hands-on than ever this time. She helped compose and write Honey, Raw, Chap Chap, and Big Booty. Number 5. Ki Hyun from Monsta X with his solo debut album, Voyager. He really is thriving in the Voyager video. First of all, his teeth. He looks like he's in a toothpaste commercial or something. Those are freaking sparkling. Second of all, he's really just rocking out. He's a rock star in his element, singing with that live band. He just looks so happy and in his element. And I also love this Voyager concept for him. It's a really good one for a debut because it's vague enough to keep things experimental, to keep doing what you do at debut time, which is dabbling in different subgenres, different styles, but also specific enough that he has a clear message tying his new songs together. They're all kind of about exploring what it's like to be in a relationship. And it's also kind of refreshing in some ways that the way he explores that is so just positive right now because it's pretty common for there to be this love is like trapping me concept. And so to see just unconditional 100% love is actually bliss, not a constraint in my life. I like that. I like that twist. And that's what he does. He sings about voyaging into the special paradise thanks to falling in love with someone and wanting them to be there while he takes this trip. He wants to be alone together. And he has hinted that this is just the first voyage, you could say that there are more places he'll travel in future comebacks. That's what he seemed to hint at, so maybe the opposite of Paradise is coming next time. It was actually composed, this title track, composed by Ryan Jun, who created Bugaboo, and worked on Maniac by NCTU, Not Friends by Luna. He has a good record for music. It's nice how he played with his range, vocally too, a higher register on comma than his lower, more dramatic vocal flavor came out on Rain. Very, just very impressed through and through with this mini album. One last note, I just find this really cute and worth noting. Ki Hyun confirmed all of his Monster X bandmates visited him on set of the video at some point. I don't know if he also included Shonu in that because of military time, but either way, super cute. Very nice to know they're so supportive. Number four, NCT Dream Glitch Mode. A new episode of NCT Talk is coming very soon, so stay tuned for that. I'll break down the whole album, my favorite lyrics, dissecting the music video for Easter eggs and stuff, all that good stuff. So just for now, I will just say this had to be high on my list because once again, they have a classic NCT sound in the sense that it is anything but one classic sound. It's so much combined. Instrumental layers, ad-libs, sound effects, every song is so busy. And they managed to make that throw everything but the kitchen sink approach work and not be just a hot mess. They got that NCT magic again in this release. The focus does zero in on just a bass in verse 2, but then boom, back to controlled chaos on fire alarm. I love that push and pull they have. 
relatively tamed down moments that don't last long. I also love the cute and quirky glitch mode video where they play both game store employees and then their second role is like cupids of sorts. Fun fact, to get that buffering dance move down pat in the video, they would play the music at 0.5 times the speed while performing the routine at 2 times the speed. Harder than it sounds to get the timing right, but they did it. Number 3. Red Velvet, Feel My Rhythm. I will definitely be unpacking the easter eggs in larger SMCU connections on the new episode of NCT Talk when I also factor in to my modified theories about the SMCU the latest NCT Dream release too. But basically, they confirmed what we kind of knew, that their role in the SMCU is very much leaning into the imaginary half of the world, the dream world, the actual Quania, rather than the outskirts, the portal to the new area, they are already there. This journey through your imagination. This video that is like garden party meets live ballet meets art show all in one. Live theater, music box aesthetic, really perfect for them. And they further my theories about how Red Velvet's role in the SMCU is very much the mini characters, shrunken down. It's like a Horton Hears a Who, different levels of characters, some more giant than others, worlds within worlds. And Red Velvet is in the tiniest world, in this nesting doll of worlds. They can fit on a shelf, like ballerinas on music boxes. My theories were only strengthened with this release is what I'm saying. And these princessy ballerina vibes really fit them well. I would also expect this to be kind of a marker, a sonic milestone marker on the sonic journey of SM Entertainment overall. I think their next trend, they're going to make a thing, is sampling classical music and bridging the gap between old, old music like Bach and trap beats and newer, more modern music. The video for Feel My Rhythm is very stunning and full of easter eggs, but the rest of the album is really stunning too. Really angelic, high-pitched voices, but still proving that a high register does not mean you can't keep it interesting with your delivery. In My Dreams, fittingly a very music box-esque song, Good Bad Ugly is this mix of their airy voices with the deeper, rich bass. There's this eclectic mix of instruments on Bambolio. I think the best part of the album listening experience is the transition between Rainbow Halo and Beg For Me, because it really solidifies what Red Velvet does time and time again, switch on a dime from these really cutesy, sweet, beautiful ballerina vibe, and transitions into something very upfront, bold lyrics, a commanding presence. Just they can go from angels to devilish, sassy on a dime, really crystallized with that transition. Even in the name, Rainbow Halo to Beg For Me, I mean, come on. They also, fittingly, lean into their more confident, mature side in the video for Wild Side, another new release from them, which deserves way more love, and we'll talk about it more in that episode of NCT Talk, because there's so much there tying into the bigger SMCU, but just make sure you watch and rewatch that video too. Number 2. Stray Kids with Audinary, which I talked about a ton on the episode of the show called Audinary and the Evolution of Stray Kids, as well as through my press conference coverage, which I'm still not over, and my full album review, their career retrospective, I wrote tons of Stray Kids content on my site now, and at howtostand.substack.com, on my newsletter, 
I really broke down this album a lot in that episode, so, but I'll just say once again, well done Stray Kids, continuously so impressed. And fingers crossed, I can't wait to see the new songs live in the near future. Drumroll please, for number one. G-Idol, with the full album, I Never Die. I was so, so blown away by this. Really, really well done. They each have their strong suits on display, Soyeon's rapping, her next level quirky, biting delivery, all over this release, Yuki's signature, deeper, register, very compelling voice. Everyone's unique delivery and skills really got a chance to shine on this album, which makes sense given how they were hands-on and working on this. Mini worked on Already and Escape, Yuki worked on Polaroid and Liar, and Soyeon helped with composing Never Stop Me, Villain Dies, My Bag. It also really shows how much after quite a bit of experimentation, lots of room between La Tata, Senorita, Uh-Oh, they've really been running the gamut with pop music subgenres. But now it feels like they really found and solidified their sweet spot. This is really just it. They have found it. With this punk pop thing, I think it's incredible the way they've done it. In a way that is just not replicable. Anyone could try to perform the songs on this album, but not with the same charisma and specific personalities and vocal deliveries. It's such a likable, welcome premise, too. Minnie, in a press conference for this release, said, The album can best be summed up by the lyrics just me on Tomboy. That this whole album is, you know, call me what you want. Masculine, feminine, right or wrong, all just your labels, your binary, black or white ways of seeing the world. I'm just gonna be me and not care about the label. Just me, take it or leave it. That unapologetic, ambitious, bold attitude they have is really best boiled down with that phrase. Alright, some of the best lyrics include, On Tomboy, Your mom raised you as a prince, but this is queendom. I also like the way they just up front are like, you'll know what I mean. And why are you cranky? Do you want a blonde Barbie doll? It's not here. My favorite lyrics are not about the lyric, but the structure of the song. Really nice placement. The intro is just ready, action. And the bridge is just silent and then breathe. And then they get back into the song. They really up the drama with the timing. Best lyrics from Polaroid. A lot of people want us to grow up. Time just flies so fast. Let's forget everything with the flash. Let's make a funny face. We've been too busy. Let's take a break. Love the self-awareness on Liar. I'm losing myself so bad. Like a doll without emotions. It's a forced smile. I don't want to do this no more. Dyed my hair blonde like her. Again, it's something I didn't like. Nice callback to Tomboy about being a blonde Barbie doll. Or trying not to, rather. Best lyrics in my bag. Which, by the way, is a cool one to shout out because it has all of them rapping on it for the first time. You're the one who's trembling between Uni and Boss Baby. Escape starts out with this intro where Minnie's like, Look up at the sky, what do you see? Far distant stars. And then towards the end, they're like, When everything feels like a mess, always remember today. I'll be by your side. I made the special memory for you, basically. Some intriguing lyrics from Villain Dies. Soyeon does the intro, once upon a time, there was a villain. Who is a villain? I'll never die, even if it's your sad ending, which is where the album title comes from. You're trying to write the final chapter in my life story. You don't get that part. I write the ending. I'm not gonna die in this story. 
Nice play on words at the end. They say, right, 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 never die. So they're saying, right, R-I-G-H-T. And then they say, W-R-I-T-E, right, 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 never die. Similar to the play on words with my bag, when they say, you know, no, no, say no, no, no. Really interesting change to the pre-chorus. The first pre-chorus is, why don't you love me? Look at this, it's so beautiful. A later pre-chorus, why do you love her? Look at this, you'll always hurt me anyway. And then I just love all the rebelliousness of never stop me. Mama, don't ever, ever stop me. Can't believe I'm tearing up. Let me put on a leather jacket. Did you want me to be a stupid angel until the end? Looking forward to your wedding. Again, it's like they're playing movie characters or novel characters. But either way, their bottom line is both that key line, just me, and their determination to not let anyone but themselves write the end of their story. And in their version of events, they're not dying at the end of the story. They're not going to be your doll, your damsel in distress, or your version of a cookie-cutter, clear-cut character. They're going to rebel against any labels, any stereotypes you try to put on this one-dimensional character that they refuse to comply with. And when they do, they regret it and lash out and do the opposite of what you want. Really great commentary, both on individual songs and the album as a whole to read into. Top-notch lyricism for them, really impressed with the growth on this album and the signature delivery. And my only issue with the album is that I want even more. It was too short for me. Let's do a deluxe edition. Just freestyle it, I don't care. Let's move on to some honorable mentions. With Weekly's comeback, Play Game Awake, I'm honestly, I was a little torn because I really love Venpara. Subjectively, I find that to be their catchiest song ever. But vibe-wise, I just don't know if it's Weekly. I really think classic Weekly is Tag Me era, Zigzag era, After School era, pretty much every era except this new one, Holiday Party era. I feel like they do the concept best that's a little more useful and light, that whole aesthetic, not this darker concept. I'm not saying they can't pull it off. I am just saying I stuck to keeping it just an honorable mention because it just didn't feel like them as much as I'd hoped. It is very interesting, though, to wonder where their story goes next, because the premise seems to be that they are the sun in this new Venpara video, with planets orbiting around them. So there's a lot you could do with that intergalactic adventure premise. They haven't really done much in the way of plot yet, but maybe that was intentional, just giving a little taste of the music video world building to come. But for now, I remain interested. They are still a group to watch. There's some fun spaceship sounds and whispering in the post-chorus for Solar, then this slower pop ballad, Where Is My Love? Quite a mixture. I also actually was impressed by their comeback press conference. They did quite a good job persuading me to like this release more. They were asked to think of a metaphor for their new album, and they were very interesting, persuasive, but very distinct answers. One of them picked sweat, one of them picked blank drawing paper, and one of them picked a flower. That was Zoa, who said, This new direction for them is, quote, like a flower needs lots of time and effort before it blooms. Now that is a great way to acknowledge the elephant in the room of this doesn't sound like you. We're a new flower sprouting up and blooming. We're a new blank canvas. Very persuasive. Great framing of it. 
Speaking of groups who have an interesting yet not fully complete yet possibly by design world-building premise, Purple Kiss, with their comeback, M-E-M-E-N. They have a lot of symbols in the music video you could read into, like how they're performing in front of a statue, but also inside of a bigger statue. We find out about that at the very end. The cars stacked on top of each other, the giant makeup mirrors, like the kind you would put on a vanity table, but larger than life blown up makeup mirrors rotating around them. Lots of chances to have a metaphor there to read into. Not sure if that potential was fully fulfilled. So that's why it's just an honorable mention, but I do find it to be another impressive comeback from them. And the album has quite a cool range. They have a more gritty sound on some songs than usual. They also have classic bouncy bops. Cursor is great for fans of Can We Talk Again. Joa is an interesting ballady direction from them. Pretty Psycho goes off. Definitely the best song on there. And they have another cool, compelling introduction. Love their album intros. Highly recommend you join me in just putting Purple Kiss album intros and Dreamcatcher ones on a playlist. Just a largely instrumental-focused work playlist. It's a sonic journey. Now Ihara with Lighthouse. This new single is a lot to take in, because she's kind of doing backup vocals for herself, ad-libs, other background noises for herself. There are tons of instruments kind of vying for attention. It's a lot to take in, sonically, so please give it several tries, and then you'll get hooked. It's also interesting because it's very anthemic in her build-up, in pre-choruses. The verses are an interesting hodgepodge of sounds. So you don't know what the suspense is building to, but you can sense it's building to something big. And then it becomes this hip-hop-focused chorus with a cool flute. It's very one-of-a-kind. Yoonha, with the repackaged version of N-Theory, N-Theory Final Version, Final Edition. It's a very powerful new title track, Event Horizon. A really sad parting song about, we had a lot of special memories that I will never forget, but it's way too late to go back. I'm beyond the horizon. Into a new day, a new chapter of my life. Let's be honest with ourselves, there's no turning back. But you can tell she still holds out hope. A little part of her does that they'll reunite, because in the video, she doesn't actually willingly cross over into the other horizon, into the other world, through the doorway, until after her lover disappears. So it's like she waited to see if he would stay, and once he's officially just a puff of dust and then nothing, then she falls back into the other world. It also makes sense if you interpret it as her falling back into the other world accidentally. She falls backwards, so it could have been involuntary. So that's another thing you could read into about how willing she actually was. Was she as willing as she says she was to move on? It's also a nice, just new, lively, beautiful song from an artist with a beautiful voice, beautiful wardrobe, beautiful hair, beautiful makeup. The video aesthetics are top tier again. I love this continuity to her last comeback with the sky being a focal point of the aesthetic joy of her video. The beautiful starry night sky. This time it's not another aurora borealis type thing. But it is still a beautiful starry sky, with the camera panning, just really doing a nice job, just pausing to take its time. It's a well-paced video, giving still moments to just see this scene that's so screenshot-worthy of the starry sky with the crescent moon, and the outlines, the shadows of Yunha and her lover staring up at it and holding hands. It could be a movie poster. Really, really beautiful. 
Let's talk about some super, super cute releases this month that are just energetic and adorable. Cravity's new album, Liberty in Our Cosmos, is an exciting development in their story. This album they've described as being post-finding freedom. So while their past releases were about finding freedom, now they're indulging in they found it. And now they feel fully confident they can be free to be themselves and make the most of every moment, untethered to social constraints. They also continue this really cute preppy high teen concept. I really honestly think Cravity does this type of new look adrenaline and older releases like Cloud9 best. I think their best comebacks are the cheery stuff, not like bad habits and stuff. I prefer their super cutesy stuff, and this definitely delivered, especially with the teaser of sorts that came out, showing each member kind of in their own little world before they all reunited up in the clouds, having an equivalent of a pillow fight with clouds. Super cute. Let me know what you think. I'm curious if I'm the only one who hears this. But with the song Late Night, I hear a hint of Flower Road by Big Bang. It has that kind of energy to it. Let me know what you think. Also notable that WJSN's XC directed the recording of and helped write Chandelier. And credited on this new title track, Adrenaline, Chris Emilius and frequent collaborator H. Kenneth, who I had on the show before. So I do need to admit that. Check out K-Pop Talk with H. Kenneth. That's what the episode is called for a story about the making of some treasure music, 17 music, etc. But anyway, he's done it again. Another fun A-side smash. New boy group Tempest, with It's Me, It's We, has left a really interesting impact. Very cute lyrics, and I love this irony. It's giving Kim Johan No More era vibes. Very, very upbeat. Uh-oh, here comes bad news energy. Just cute and funny and unexpected. Very colorful, happy delivery of bad news. But they just sing about dodging it, moving past it, brushing it aside, learning to sidestep its path. Very fun, great way to leave a lasting impact. Also memorable how they decided the highlight medley would tease songs in scrambled order. That's a new twist on it. The best B-side is Find Me. And my guess is Bad at Love was a title track contender. More adorable, colorful boy group videos you have to check out. We Eyes video for Too Bad. Another fun bit of irony with a sassy message but bright colors and a cute concept. And then Be First with Bye Goodbye. Another just very fun, colorful, visually pleasing video. More cuteness in the animated video for Adora's new single, The Little Name. Animations in it definitely heavily inspired by the classic children's book, The Little Prince. Another visually eye-catching video. Again, a very touching, special, final comeback in video for New East. Their final album as a group, Needle and Bubble, is also a must-listen. Very cool new remixes. Give life to their new classics. Really nostalgic. And speaking of giving new life to their songs, The Solutions have a new album out called Time with an interesting, new-to-them acoustic direction. It maintains their classic rock ballad-style delivery, but it's more organic-sounding. Vocals are definitely the most riveting on the song People on the Ground. The new boy group Tan debuted with the album One Tan with a dual title track music video release for Fix You and Do Do Do. Really catchy stuff, and I love this group's message because T-A-N is short for To All Nations. As I talked about on a recent episode of the show, Alexa's killing it on American Song Contest. 
in her song Wonderland. You can stream now, so you better do that. It's actually just a very good, catchy song. The live performance was really cool, too. How she kind of brought to life Wonderland as best you can with a very, very constrained amount of time. All the red strings pulling her left and right like a, a rag doll or something. Falling down, basically the rabbit hole at the end of the performance. Just very compelling stage presence from start to finish. And the song was definitely for her. The funky rapping-ish delivery on some lines, the more down-the-middle pop sound in other moments, really impressed. And she probably, you know, went with the Wonderland theme because of my Fade to Blackpink movie reference series of episodes. I'm just saying, probably inspired her. Let's go with that. Speaking of movies I've referenced on the show, Hayes has a new song out called Mother. Just kidding, I never talked about that movie, but how's that for a transition? Hayes co-wrote and co-composed this beautiful ballad. It's a touching tribute to moms overall, both the work that goes into being a mom and endless desire to reciprocate that love and support in some way. J-pop boy band OWV is back with the EP U. Best song on there is definitely Sound the Alarm, but Talk 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 is super cute too. Fan song vibes for sure. The chanting and call and response merit that. More J-pop boy bands. INI released Call 119, which is the upteenth example of a release I think could win K-pop music shows and everything if it had that kind of J-pop countdown system and promotional push. Really definitely reminds me of Bad News by Tempest. You'll get the similarities if you hear them both. Then there is Da Pump with the album Da Pop Colors. They return throughout the album to this old-school hip-hop vibe. They have more of a dance music song elsewhere. This busy, basically sounds of chaos in the interlude. The brassy, celebratory songs like Da Funk. Then they have songs like With Pride that are more laid back. Best thing I think about the comeback is the anime rock Magical Babyrinth, spelled like kind of baby rinth, featuring their animated baby alter egos. Miniature alter egos. The most classically K-pop boy band-esque of their sound that I think K-pop fans would gravitate to most is the song Lean Back. On the J-pop girl group front, Girl Squared has a really fun new song, Juga Juga Jungle. They wear this rainbow of outfits, dance in what's basically the jungle, a little bit of a red velvet happiness era nostalgia it can tap into. Saran has released a new EP, Flying Part 1, that shows off and keeps the focal point throughout her very distinct voice. And of course, I love that she worked with Taeyang on Diamonds. They both look so cool in the video for it. I obviously love anything Taeyang touches, turns to Diamonds, I'll say in this instance. And I love that Zaysun, who works with Taeyang a lot and has credits all over the track list for this new Saran album, described the song Diamonds as fantasy R&B, and so he called Taeyang something like Fantasy Boy or Fantasy Taeyang or something. And I wouldn't mind if that nickname stuck. I also love that they worked together again with Taeyang's YouTube track Lonely. Very nice reciprocation here, especially so close in timing. It shows that they're just not competitive at all. They don't care about one-upping each other with their success of their new song. They're not going to worry about overshadowing each other. Speaking of NCT members, a couple of them teamed up for Connection, Age of Light. Love, love, love the always fresh mix of NCT members' style and sound with their unit projects. This is no exception, and I really love seeing Shotaro own the stage. 
He's just so charming, so cute, and so deserving of that special spotlight. As a new member, I love that they're really uplifting him, giving him a spotlight. For International Women's Day, Sunmi released Oh Sorry Ya, a Spotify exclusive, but frankly, I think it could win some music shows if it was given that chance. If it was more heavily promoted, I could see it going far. But anyway, it's very attitude-filled, very sassy, and very empowering. Just about, I never thought you would say sorry. Yeah, but I'm gone. Bye. You played me, not taking you back now. You didn't value what you had until I left, so I'm not coming back. Love the message. Plus, she has this really cool makeover for the performance video. Rolling Quartz has released two new videos for B-Sides from their EP Fighting. Shameless plug, check out the Rolling Quartz interview episode of this podcast in the video at howtostandatsubstack.com for the full rundown on the new album Fighting and why they are one to watch. But anyway, in the videos for Delight and Azalea, they bring new life and much-deserved new attention to those rock songs with their super, super cool outfits to top it off. New girl group XG debuted with Tippy Toes, a very promising debut, worth keeping your eyes on this group. Interesting mix of cutesy concept, after all they're using the phrase tippy toes, but also this more dramatic whispering. They're going for a couple of vibes at once, but not too much all over the place. It'll be interesting where they go from here. There's this Latin-inspired bop out now by Brown Tigger featuring Gist called Like a Drama. Evening Cinema have a new city pop with a special twist album out called Golden Circle. Awesome City Club are a Japanese group with a really cool, unique to them, hard to box in, hard to describe sound as well on their new album Get Set. I love that the first single off of it was On Your Mark, or one of them anyway, and then they released Get Set. Really looking forward to the go follow-up that sounds inevitable. Present, P-R-S-N-T, released the EP Crazy Driver, which is a cool pop rock vibe. Very compelling and it helps with the cohesion that has this cool, interesting intro and outro. If you want something that feels new, check out Present. So many of my faves teamed up on a race. Mike Swing, Dohanse, Goopy, and Yon Yon to make magic. So excited about that. Speaking of all-star lineups, Offline, the new single from Rad Museum, features Dean and Lehigh. So iconic already. And it's definitely for fans of Face ID by Epic High. Full of social commentary, all on the same lines, as is the album overall. And the whole album, Rad, as it's called, really very true to Rad Museum, really showcases his very true-to-him, authentic, unfiltered, unassuming, opposite-of-pretentious persona. It's Red Museum's album in every way. LOL's new song sounds so much like Hit by Seventeen. Listen to Pump It Up by LOL and tell me it doesn't sound like Hit by Seventeen. I cannot be the only one who hears that. I love it, I'm just saying. Davi continues to impress with his standout voice, his playful piano-driven numbers, on his new album, question mark equals to today. And lastly, Chinese rock group Fur, F-I-R, have a new OST out, Tattoo. Another standout from them, another super emotional power ballad of an OST from them, although Invincible still reigns supreme in that category from them. As for the best English language releases, Gotta shout out Pop Queen Charlie XCX with her new album, Crash, and the Extended Edition. 
which further adds some unskippable tracks. It actually is a not some money grab, it really is a valuable contribution to the album to have the bonus tracks there. Best track on the album, I keep wavering, but I'm gonna say today it's Used to Know Me. And I promise you it's not just because I've done official PR for her. I truly believe she is an artist worth doing PR for, an artist worth uplifting. I have to shout out the new song I talked about on my site, Anna Sophia's Surround Me. It's a really powerful, moving song. It's very thematic with her voice echoing like the spirits she sings about feeling surrounded by. She just sings about bonding with people she loves even when they've left this life. And she does so in a beautiful way. Beautiful just sonically. She's got a very cool kind of Billie Eilish-esque delivery and beautiful message-wise too. A great follow-up to number five, her other recent single, A Smash in its own right. Thank you guys so much as always for tuning in today. Stay tuned at howtostandatsubstack.com. It'll be a free post. And 17karatkpop.weebly.com where it will also be a free post. Pretty soon I will have up my write-up within the week of corresponding commentary, additional thoughts on the top 20, as well as links to YouTube and Spotify playlists so you can check out all the music I talked about today, including honorable mentions. Again, thanks so much for listening. I will talk to you all again very soon. Bye, everyone.